Welcome to Code Maze, a podcast for future Wolverines in healthcare. I am Jill Murphy, your host today, and today we're going to be talking about the PT graduate program at UM Flint. And our objective today is to expose students to the PT track and talk about the physical therapy track, excuse me, and talk about what that program looks like and what physical therapy is. And today we have a special guest, Dr. York. And would you like to introduce yourself, Dr. York, and tell our audience, our students and colleagues a little bit about yourself and the things that you do? Absolutely. So thank you so much for having me on this podcast. So my name is Amy York, and I'm actually a graduate of the University of Michigan, Flint. So I graduated with a master's degree in physical therapy in 1993 and actually then returned to start teaching here full time in 2008. So I've been here teaching at the University of Michigan, Flint um, for about 15 years. And Um, Clinically, I practiced in acute care settings or hospital settings. I did that for the first uh, probably decade of my career and then transitioned to some outpatient and home care. Um, One of the kind of neat things or my area of specialty is I'm board certified in neurologic physical therapy. And so physical therapists can specialize in all types of things. I happen to be board certified in neurologic physical therapy. Um, I returned back to school Um, in 2010. So 17 years uh, after I had uh, graduated um, from PT school and got a PhD in interdisciplinary health sciences. And I did not get that degree from University of Michigan. I got that degree from Western Michigan University. So that's where the doctor comes in. So I actually have my PhD. Thank you so much for sharing that um, that background about you. We really do appreciate it as we learn more about the guests that we bring in and what they contribute to their um, particular professions. So getting more, a little bit more into the content, and I believe you touched on um, what our students are trying to gauge of what can you do with a physical therapy degree and some of those um, common setting work settings that physical therapy can be housed in. Could you touch a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, physical therapists really help people move. Like if I had to state like in a very simple sentence, what do physical therapists do? That's what we do. We're really movement exercise, movement experts who improve the quality of life really through prescribed exercise, like hands-on care and patient education. And we really work in a variety of settings, including hospitals, outpatient clinics, people's homes, schools, um, sports and fitness facilities, uh, different workplaces like factories and nursing homes. So really kind of a wide variety of settings that we work in. And I also think the really kind of neat thing about physical therapy is that we work with people of all ages, right? From newborns to people at the end of life. And A lot of the patients that we see have some type of injury or disability, but physical therapists also care for people who simply just want to be healthier and to prevent future problems. Thank you. I really appreciate that um, response. And I think if we can build upon that a little bit, um, as you were talking about movement science, I thought of kinesiology. And so with pre-med students, they don't necessarily have to be like a um, traditional science or on the, some schools they have, there's a pre-med major. Um, so I'm wondering, is that still, is kinesiology 
um, the most appreciated background of education for physical therapy or can students come from a range of different areas but meeting the course prerequisites? Yeah, exactly. Students can come in with any degree, any bachelor's degree. So you can come in with a wide range of degrees. And I think, honestly, that's what really makes any student cohort. A lot of our health professions are cohort modeled. And if you have only a group of students that have a kinesiology degree, they all come with a very similar background, very similar thought process. And it's really, I think, What's kind of really neat about health professions education is when we do come from different backgrounds, because then each of us brings that our own background. So I would say maybe about half of our students that enter a cohort at University of Michigan Flint, which are cohorts, we accept groups of 60 every year. I would say about half of them come in with a degree in kinesiology or exercise science. I would say probably close to maybe 40% then come in with maybe a general health science background, which is commonly offered in institutions that maybe don't have exercise science or kinesiology. And probably the other 10% are really a hodgepodge of other degrees, um, including maybe degrees maybe in a foreign language. Um, We have had students come in with more of an arts background or a theater background or a dance background. Dance is also something that um, comes in that. So yeah, I think that Kinesiology provides a really strong foundation, but a kinesiology degree isn't for everybody and perhaps isn't their passion for an undergraduate. So you can really come in with any degree as long as you meet the prerequisites. Yes, thank you so much. Um, I really do appreciate that clarification. I'm sure our students would also appreciate that once they listen to this. Um, And so another conversation that we have with our students is finding experiences. Um, Are there any particular type of experiences that you would recommend that students um, look out for or start looking for when considering physical therapy? So one, I would say start sooner than later. Two, look for a variety of locations. And so a lot of times people come into physical therapy because perhaps they received physical therapy for maybe like their ACL was torn or some type of injury that they sustained as a child, a child athlete. And I think what's really important is that people understand that physical therapists work in all different types of settings. And so outpatient orthopedics is a great setting to maybe get your feet into because there's a lot of outpatient clinics. So sometimes it's easy to get observation hours in that. So it's a great place to do it. But also consider looking for other outpatient settings, like maybe more of an outpatient neuro setting or outpatient pediatric setting. Hospitals now just tend to be hard to get into. They were hard to get into before COVID, they're hard to get in now, even after COVID. And so if you can't get a hospital experience, perhaps trying to find other maybe inpatient settings, like maybe a skilled nursing facility or what's maybe like considered a nursing home, because those residents still live there. So I think that there's opportunities for there as well. I also think look for some non-traditional settings. So um, University of Michigan has an adaptive sports program. I think that's a great opportunity to see like, what is that like? Um, Special Olympics is commonly looking for volunteers, um, maybe even senior Olympics. And so being really open to other opportunities to volunteer, I think for years we've been very traditional, like you must get this many observation hours and they must be in these settings. And I do think one of the um, silver linings of COVID is that we've learned to be more open to experiences outside of those traditional kind of opportunities. 
Yeah, I really appreciate that. And so when I'm working with students and sometimes they come from different backgrounds where they do have to work and they're not able to um, observe as much, but they were able to um, find meaningful experiences. So it's really good to know that you could have less observation hours, but those can be very meaningful um, experiences that you can speak to throughout your application um, and if, an, if the school offers an interview. And so when you were talking and speaking about the different, uh, observing in different spaces of physical therapy, I'm also wondering, um, because in med schools we identify, do you want to be going to research or do you want to be more community involved? How would you describe the PT program um, at Flint? Or is that is there that differentiation um, with PT, with physical therapy? Great question. So our intention when you attend the program at U of M Flint is that you graduate as a generalist, which means that you could practice in any type of setting. If you were interested more in a research track, there are definitely opportunities to do that. So one is a graduate student research assistant as well as our students have three credits of electives that they could use. And you could use those three credits of electives to do additional research. At University of Michigan Flint, we also offer a dual degree. So we offer, when you enter the physical therapy program, you would graduate with a doctorate of physical therapy degree. So a clinical doctorate, a DPT. We also offer a dual degree where you could get a DPT as well as a PhD. And so, so for students that have that interest, that they're thinking like, this might be a route that I would go, you would have the opportunity to start coursework towards that PhD while you're still a DPT student. And so all students in the PT program participate in research activities. So we do have two courses that are research focused, but for those students that kind of want above and beyond that, there are paid positions, like I said, the graduate student research positions, extra credit or elective credits that you could take, but also to do that dual DPT PhD degree. If I can ask you a question about those paid positions and pursuing those dual degrees, how can um, a student interested in those positions build themselves up to qualify for those um, for those particular positions? Take advantage of undergraduate research opportunity positions. I cannot tell you the number of students that do that, that they, they build their confidence. And I, I never did that as an undergraduate student, um, partly because I didn't think I was smart enough to do it. And I think what I failed to realize is that it's not always about being smart. It's about being able to work and to be a good learner. And so one, you know, be be willing to take a risk and talk with a faculty member, because that's probably my second word of advice is how to differentiate yourself. So um, at U of M Flint, we offer plenty of opportunities for students to meet with faculty, like during the admission process, right, during recruitment events. And so I'm very fortunate to serve on that committee. So I get to meet with students. And at one event, I had a student ask to meet with me. She talked about you know, she said, you know, I know that you're doing research with neurologic rehabilitation. I'm interested in this. This is what I've done in my undergrad. I had a GSRA position that I interviewed her for. I did not hire her, though, for that position because I knew I had some other positions coming down the pipeline. And so while I didn't hire her for that position, 
I hired her for another position that kind of happened later because she made such a positive, she reached out to me and that mattered to me. And in all honesty, it's because she was willing to take that risk and talk to me was why. And then how well she interviewed for that other job that I was, I hired her then for another job that I knew was coming down. So I think that's the other thing is be persistent. We don't always get the job that we that we wanted or we thought we wanted, but it doesn't mean that you weren't qualified for it or that you can't get another job. So I encourage people to apply for multiple positions. Don't, don't just put your eggs in one basket because maybe the job you didn't get was the job you weren't supposed to get. And there's another job that's waiting there for you. Future Wolverines, please, please listen to, to these gems that are being dropped. Please understand that it is a process and things happen for a reason. Stay open and embrace the process. I really, really appreciate that. And just another follow-up question to build off of this conversation. Um, because Michigan is a research school in general, and there might not necessarily be... Um, science-related research that everyone can take an advantage to. So would um, students taking advantage of research opportunities in areas of interest, maybe like sociology, um, those different areas, do those have the same um, view when reviewing that application of research? Absolutely. For me, absolutely. Um, and we have students in our program who are graduate student research assistants for nursing faculty or psychology faculty. And so even when you're a PT student, you may not end up working with a PT and that's okay because the skills that you build doing research are really transferable to really lots of different things. So I don't necessarily, I just because you didn't do research in physical therapy or movement science does not mean that you would not be looked upon as a really highly qualified candidate for a graduate student research position. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And so, um, again, to build off of the conversation that we're having um, right now, so a lot of students are trying to figure out and navigate how to develop and build relationships with faculty members in those big classes. Do you have any particular advice um, or recommendations that students can do for intentionally building those relationships with professors and faculty? So as hard as this is, introduce yourself. And if talking to a faculty, because I get that we're scary, like we look scary, but we're actually just people. We're just, we're just people. And, and we like to develop relationships with students too. So like I would tell you at first, like, go down to the front of the class and say, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm really excited to be in this class. It could just be as simple as that. Very, very simple. If that seems to be too overwhelming, maybe dropping an email, dropping by their office hours and having a question. And, and sometimes students like don't know because college is intimidating. Like I get that. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know but talk, just ask questions. Tell me a little bit more about this. Um, I really enjoyed listening to you about this. Like, um, so like, for example, today, like I, you know, was lecturing. So I teach primarily students in the second year cohort, but I served as a guest speaker in our first year cohort. So they don't, 
depending on how much interaction they've had with me, they might have had minimal interaction with me, right? So coming up to me like after class and say, well, what did they do before we knew how to help people with vestibular inner ear problems? Like, what did we do? Because you're telling us this is relatively new, right? And things like that really matter. I would also say if you know that faculty are perhaps engaged in service activities out in the community, like try to take advantage of that. Like here in our department, we have a pro bono clinic and a pro bono services called Heart. And so first year students that are engaged with me there, like have a different relationship than if you only see me in the classroom because you actually see me out in the community. So I think faculty that are engaged in community work is perhaps to another really nice way to build relationships. Because I do think when we're out in the community, it's different. The power dynamics are different. When you're in a lecture or in somebody's office, I think that's just hard. So does that help with that to try to break those barriers? Because I know we're scary. We don't mean to be scary, but I know we are. Yes, I really think that it does because... Uh, when I'm talking to students and my fellow colleagues, when we're talking to students, we're asking them, well, what have you done? Mm -hmm. And they don't really have an answer. And so it's also insightful for us for things to recommend and how to um, approach faculty members to, to see, you know, what opportunities are available and to build those meaningful connections. And there's always a good thing to research your professors too, especially the ones you're interested in working with. <laughs> no, absolutely. And you know what's interesting? So I have two sons that are both college age. So I have a 21-year-old and an 18-year-old. And so my, particularly my oldest, leverages the relationships with faculty. But I think it's because his mom is a faculty person. So he's developed a relationship with a math professor that's really worked to his advantage because the they've developed a strong relationship. And even this faculty member talked to him about the tenure process. And I told my son, I'm like, you write him a thank you note, telling him what a great teacher he is and how much he helped you and how he went over and above and beyond. And so I, I want all the Wolverines out there to really hear that, like say, hello, I really enjoyed that lecture today. Thank you so much for the time and energy that you give. It's just, it's little things that really matter. Yes, thank you. It, it, that is so, those are so many great points um, that I think that you pointed out. And it's those simple things, those small things that, you know, of hospitality, it really does go a long way in building those, those long lasting relationships um, that can be very beneficial to you in so many ways. So to go back more into physical therapy, um, can you just go over the timeline of application, just what that looks like in a brief overview. Absolutely. So commonly students apply the summer before they start their senior year. So we use a centralized application service, PTCAS, very similar to other CAS or centralized application services. And at U of M Flint, the system opens up usually early July and opens up for students to start to put their data in. And usually you have to click submit by October 15th. And then we make our decisions by the end of December for the following fall. So if I was to work backwards, like from that date, right? From that summer of your senior year, like what are all the things that you kind of need to do before that? I really think your junior year should be spent visiting PT programs and prepping 
for the GRE. So we require um, the GRE, or I'm sorry, we don't require the GRE, excuse me, but I do know that there's programs that require. We no longer require the GRE, but we do ask if you take it that you share your scores with us. I want to be very explicit here. You share your scores with us. That's all you're doing. We're not like using it in a rubric or anything. But we do ask that students share it with us if you take it with us. But you really should be visiting PT programs face-to-face. In, and you should be kind of thinking about who am I going to be asking for recommendation letters? You should really be solidifying relationships with faculty members and physical therapists out in the community of who's going to be writing my recommendation. So that really means freshman and sophomore year, you need to be developing those relationships with faculty and with physical therapists out in the community. And you do that by volunteering. You do that by doing research. You also do that by being engaged in student activities. So maybe it's the DPT club or the PTOT club. Like it's a club and perhaps like you've worked yourself up by the time you're a junior to have a leadership position. Like you're, you're able to do that, right? Because that's something that you can talk about in your PTCAS application is you're now the president or the secretary. You've also built up kind of your service portfolio by that junior year as well. And so for, so for students that are freshmen or for sophomores, if you're not engaged in any clubs, get involved. Any extracurricular activities. And pre-PT clubs are great, but there's lots of other clubs to be engaged in that give you service opportunities and just additional life opportunities, including leadership opportunities that really matter when it comes down to your application. And really start getting experiences within the physical therapy kind of profession. Because, you know, another idea for kind of non-traditional is there's, we're very fortunate in the state of Michigan to have lots of different camps, camps for people that have different abilities than what we have. And they're commonly looking for volunteers or even paid positions at camps. So like the muscular dystrophy camp, uh, Baycliff is another camp here in the state of Michigan where they hire people to work. And these are commonly pre-health profession students. So, Again, take time to have those experiences. Yes. And to speak a little bit more about like service and extracurricular activities, are there any particular informational sessions or um, activities that students who are looking at physical therapy um, can attend at the UM Flint program or look at? Absolutely. So probably usually starting in May, we have online open houses. And so I would always send you to, if you Google UM Flint graduate programs, takes you to the graduate programs landing page. And from there, you could always click on then entry level DPT. That would always tell you our up-to-date events. But we consistently have online open houses. And I think that's a great way for somebody that's a freshman a sophomore, I mean, juniors and seniors too, but if you don't know anything about us, attend those online open houses. So what's really neat is that one of us as faculty is there. And then we also have students that are there as well. So we talk about the program. You can kind of understand what the program is like. You get a chance to ask students. We also offer face-to-face events intermittently throughout the year. Typically in the fall, we have an open house that's open as well as in the winter. And again, I would always just tell you to, um, if you put an inquiry in through our graduate programs, you would always then get information that would come out regarding our programs. 
That is amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. York, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us today and to share so much great knowledge about physical therapy. I think I've learned a lot, and I hope that my colleagues and um, Wolverines also learn a lot, too, about about your program. Uh, well, our program, we're part of the <laughs> Michigan family. That's right. Go <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again for being with us and taking the time with us. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Code Maze, produced by our own wonderful Maria Rabb on the University of Michigan campus in Ann Arbor. Our music, Total Happy Up and Sunny, is by Sasha Ande. Be sure to follow Code Maze on Spotify or check out past episodes on the LSA Academic Advising Center website, Pre-Health Section. Thank you and see you soon in advising.